This is the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the second chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For so it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. When then Herod secretly called the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with his Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you from God, our Creator, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And bless this mess pithy little saying that perhaps you've seen on a sign somewhere hung up in a room that maybe not be the most tidy room ever kept. And I think this is no longer just a sign about a particular messy space. I think I would say that it applies to a variety of aspects of my life right now. Bless this mess. 2020, let's be honest, was a bit of a mess. And we're still picking up those pieces, as it turns out, as, as this pandemic continues to roll along and as vaccines begin to roll out, we have a hopefulness, but certainly what we're looking for is a, a blessing upon what was in many ways quite a mess of a year. Well, my office is a mess as it always is, a physical space, but maybe indicative of how I sometimes feel in ministry. I'm a mess. I'm just all over the place. I, I can't keep one thing focused. I'm being pulled in, in so many different directions. In fact, cleaning my office has been one of those things that has been on my to-do list almost every single week in the last like year, and it just never quite happened. But again, there's always next week, right? That's the beauty of it. It's not going anywhere, as my mom would say. And then there's the mess of Christmas decor that still adorns the outside and, let's be very clear, every square inch of the inside of our house as well. Christmas, as you may be aware by now, is a day that happened over a week ago, and yet I am not looking forward to, nor do I have any plans to take things down and move ahead, even though, of course, it seems like everyone around us already is. But the good news is this. My issue with Christmas decor staying out is still technically blessed at this point because Christmas is a season and not a day, a season that culminates with this celebration, the celebration of Epiphany. So at least my laziness with the decor is at this point sanctioned by the church, even though stores around us have already by far moved ahead to greater things like Valentine's Day or St. Patrick's Day or, or probably already Halloween for all that we know. You see, this is the sort of joy of this moment, is that I, I, you can bask in the moment just 
a little bit longer. But, as I mentioned, stores and probably many of us have already boxed up our nativities well before all the guests have even arrived, right? And, and therefore, we miss out on this opportunity to, to engage the, the beautiful, blessed mess that is our gospel this day as we celebrate Epiphany. A gospel story about travelers who are perpetually late and clearly have never seen a baby registry in their lives. A king who is so insecure in his power that he lets the messiness of politics box him up in his fear of a newborn child and then the child himself and his family, all basking in that glow that is parenthood, but soon to need to make a daring escape to Egypt in order to find safety from that tyrant king. For the beauty serenity of Christmas. Matthew wastes no time in jumping into the messiness of life, the messy reality of life. And these magi, wise men, three kings, whatever you want to call them, were likely Zoroastrian astrologers, right? They are people who we least expect to show up in this story, and yet there they are front and center on this day. And this isn't necessarily an endorsement of astrology, although I will say Jesus is such a Capricorn right? Holy cow. But instead, it's a sign, I think. It's a sign of the inclusivity of God's self-revelation, a sign for all people, yes, even Zoroastrian astrologers from far away, a sign of inclusivity. But I want to remind you, inclusivity can sometimes be messy. And I say that because inclusivity challenges the status quo. It ushers in new perspectives and new worldviews, which is a blessing, but it can also be very, very difficult as well. And we see this playing out in many ways all around us right now in this moment that we are living in here in early 2021. As we struggle with new movements for, for this sort of inclusivity, like the Black Lives Matters movement, which indeed almost everybody seems to have an opinion on, or, or the rights of certain groups, specifically in this case, let's just say the LGBTQIA community who continues to seek inclusivity in a world that wants to continue to push them back. Change is hard. For some people, change is viewed as an affront to their own rights, even if their own rights aren't in any way sort of being risked. Certainly, change is viewed as an affront by Herod. By Herod, who is really, let's be honest, a good mustache twirl away from being a Disney villain at this point, whose, whose evil plot is undermined by a, a dream and, and who has to eventually resolve himself to using the blunt tool that is infanticide to try to stamp out this child who he views as a potential future threat. And I think one of the most interesting things about this particular text, about this particular gospel, is that it's not in any way really about the history of Israel or theological doctrine or science. All, all the things that we like to, to use as markers of proper faith, of proper worldview. But instead, it's about things like astrology and dreams and stars. And, and yet, and yet, even though it's about those non-traditional sort of approaches to faith, faith shines through. While Herod trembles at the feet of the infant, the Magi, these Gentiles, are worshiping at the infant's feet. They themselves, we find, are overwhelmed with the joy that they feel. 
I'm going to tell you right now, that is an amazing gift to be in a moment of worship and feel overwhelmed by that moment. And I hope pray that maybe this is one of those moments today or that you had one of those moments with us or maybe with another church at some point in time because it's a beautiful gift. And this moment, this moment is made possible through the journey from far, far away to meet an unknown child. In other words, it's a moment that comes with so much risk. It also was a moment that came as a result of a willingness to change, to change direction. To, to follow signs that were perhaps seen as untraditional, to be open to new possibilities, to new kinds of rulers, or perhaps even a new kind of savior. I think that's what I admire so much about these magi, these three kings, is their openness to change. Their openness to change opens them to Jesus Christ and the good news that he brings. And as a result, it opens this good news to all people. Because that's what Matthew is doing. He's showing us how in this blessed mess, all people now have access to Christ, to a Savior. Because Jesus is clearly born into a violent and messy world. It starts here with Herod. Right? Herod, who's going to seek him out and try to kill him. And it's going to end with the Roman Empire thinking that they did just that, that they killed this man on the cross culminates in messy violence. But in this moment, in this moment, we worship shoulder to shoulder with the Magi. In this moment, we offer a simple and hopeful prayer alongside of them. Bless this mess. A prayer that I pray almost every day. A prayer that applies to almost every moment of my life prayer that reminds me that Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, is with us in the mess of life. Thanks be to God and bless this mess.